11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Chris Sykes. Chris, how's it going? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Excited to be on. Quince was a roommate for, for a little over a year, and uh, we grew up close to each other. So uh, I'm excited to get on a show and, and uh, say hi to everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's just go back uh, in time. How did you first get involved playing soccer? Uh, locally, like the AY, so I grew up in southern, or I guess central coast of California, uh, San Luis Obispo, and uh, my sister played growing up, and when I was about five or six, um, I started playing on the local AYSO teams, which led to club soccer, um, and me playing up in its group in club soccer, uh, and then getting seen from there, and uh, kind of like a natural progression of leaving my local club team to go to a bigger team uh, that had more outreach, and then... From there, I got put on ODP teams, uh, regional teams, and then eventually the national team and uh, college from there, and then the pros after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I always ask everybody, um, did you get to play, like, uh, club and high school or just club? So, in California, club and high school are kind of separate times, so Mm -hmm. I was able to do both, um, which was great because I was able to play on the field Mm -hmm. in my high school team and then uh, play goalkeeper for, for my club team. So it was not only good fitness and, and good time on the ball, but uh, it also let me enjoy a different aspect of the game. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, and then tell me about goalkeeping. Like, how did, how did that come about? Because I know everyone usually kind of starts anywhere and then. Yeah. Uh, so when I went and tried out for the club team, we didn't have a club team my age group, um, and we had a club team a year older the only way that I could actually make the team is if I also agreed to be the backup goalkeeper. Um, and then I ended up within six months beating out the first string guy and then running with it from there. Uh, that's, that's crazy. So did you, did you like fall in love with it? Uh, I, I enjoyed it yeah. and I was a big kid, um, tall and, and had long arms and, and I was pretty good at basketball. So I was a pretty, like agile mm-hmm. and so it came naturally to me at that point in time and uh ran with it from there yeah yeah that makes sense um and then tell me about your recruiting process to to college what was that like and like could you tell me like maybe like your final like few schools that you're picking from yeah so i was i actually committed to the university of maryland uh my junior year so i went through odp mm-hmm. um which is kind of if the whole entire youth landscape of soccer has completely changed. So mm-hmm. the way that I went about it was a bit archaic uh, in today's terms. But I started off by uh, 
playing club soccer and uh my club team was uh had ended up actually winning the national championships at u16 level which is an important age group because that's where a lot of the club coaches are looking for the next crop of talent um and so i was on a really really good club soccer team and we were really successful and so uh i got scouted a lot through them and then with the odp state teams uh socal and then also with the regional team and i was also coming in and out with the u16 national team as well so there was a lot going on that gave me a good opportunity to to show my abilities to coaches not only on the west coast but also uh on the east coast as well yeah and then how how did it did was there any other schools or was it maryland all the way no, there was. Santa Clara was an option, um, as well as UCLA. And those were kind of my final three. Uh, I didn't really take Maryland very seriously. Um, and my dad actually talked me into going out back for a junior day visit and went and watched uh, their game against Indiana. And it was insane. The atmosphere, the, they sell out their home games for all the big ones. And there's 6,000 fans, a super close, intimate setting. And um, I always thought I was going to be a West Coast kid, but mm-hmm. kind of had a long talk with my dad. And he's like, listen, if you're trying to make it go pro and, and do all that stuff, uh, it'd be a good maturing process for you to, to do it because you don't really get to decide where you're going to play afterwards. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a good it was a good talk and it kind of opened up my eyes to it. And I ended up passing on UCLA and uh, Santa Clara and, and going uh, back east to, to play for Sasho out at the University of Maryland. Yeah, it seems like it was the, the right choice. Uh, freshman year, you guys won the national championship. Yep, yeah. So, yeah, we won. I actually watched the final four the year prior. My senior year was at, uh, back then, I think it was the Home Depot Center uh, mm-hmm. in L.A. And so I went to it and, and watched them lose in the final four. And that was their third straight final four. Wow. Um, and they had never won. And so that group that I was going coming in as a freshman with was also those seniors have been every year and hadn't won it. So it was really special to, to be a part of that team um, and, and contribute and, and help them win, um, help us win the, the national championship. Yeah. So did you, did you beat out the goalie or was it like a senior that was leaving? So it was a, uh, there was two seniors the year prior. One was named, Noah Palmer, uh, who ended up going pro. And then there was a fifth-year senior when I got there named Craig Salvati. Um, and we battled it out the first couple months of the season. And then um, I kind of solidified the spot from there. And uh, we ran with it from there. Yeah. And then just overall, like, what was your experience like at Maryland, like on and off the field? It was great. Uh, it's as close to a professional setting as, as I could have ever imagined. Um I didn't have the security blanket of being 30 minutes from home. So I had to mm-hmm. truly um, dive head first into that setup and, and what the school offers and, and everything along those lines. So our soccer team obviously was super talented. Um, we had an unbelievable group of freshmen that came in that year with me and we all got along really well and we kind of just made it our, our livelihood. We, we all had the aspiration of going pro and we took it seriously and, um, at that point, I was also working towards a degree, um, mm-hmm. but wasn't as serious about that as I, as I was about soccer because um, I thought I had a, tr- a real chance to, to, to be able to take it to the next level. Yeah, now speaking of that, like when did you know uh, like you could be a pro soccer player? Was it like during Maryland or was it like before? It was probably before um, just because I was having success at, at each age group and each, each level. Um, I thought that there was there was a good chance. I was playing with the U18 national team before I went to 
the University of Maryland, and so I was being I was successful with them. And I don't know. I I always thought that there was a chance. Um, I thought Maryland would give me the best chance to go pro at that point in time, and it gave me um, every opportunity to to show my talents and then obviously leave um, after my sophomore season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that was that like a difficult decision or no? It was. Uh, I actually at that point in time I had offers over in Europe as well, and mm-hmm. so it was a decision of of whether to go pro in the MLS or to go pro overseas and. Um, the security of, of staying in the United States was something that um, I looked at as a positive at the time. And at that point, there wasn't a lot of young Americans going overseas. And um, sometimes, obviously, you look back and wonder what would be different. But uh, I think it was a great decision for me. And it gave me ability to, to train with guys like Nick Romano my, my rookie year and, and, and tr- learn from some of the best. Yeah, and then uh, your sophomore year, you won uh, Defensive Player of the Year. What would that mean to you? It was good. I mean, it was a accumulation of of hard work that I had put in, but also just being on a really good team. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had a lot of young guys that were were really talented in our back line. Guys like AJ De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez, um, we had Graham Zuzzi uh, at that point. Robbie had already left, but we had a bunch more to do. All these guys that were were really really good um, and made my job super easy. So it was. It was nice to receive an individual award like that, but at the same time, uh, it comes from the group in front of you kind of cr- making the the changes that they have very few and, and far between, as well as at angles that are that are friendly for goalkeepers. So um, it was it was a, a really cool experience, and and those guys did a lot for me. Yeah, and then then preparing for the the MLS draft, um, like, were you did you know where you were going to go? I didn't. Uh, I knew that I was going to go in the first round. I had no idea that I was going to go to Salt Lake. Okay. Um, I, I actually had thought that I might be going to Kansas City or somewhere else at that point. So I was not too sure um, where I'd go. I just knew that I would be able to go in the first round. And I had already signed a contract at that point with Major League Soccer through their Generation Adidas program. So um, I was set on that aspect of it already. Gotcha. And then, yeah, I mean, you got selected fourth overall. Uh, what, what did that mean to you? It was, it was really cool. I was with the national team when it happened. Um, so I actually wasn't even at the draft. Oh, I was with the uh, U18s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, the U20s. I was with the U20s getting ready for a World Cup. Um, so it was, it was cool to be with all my teammates and, and guys that were already in the league. Dax was already in the league. Um, Josie was already in the league. Freddie was already in the league. Um, a lot of these guys were already there, so to be with them when when I got selected uh, was nice and and and, and it meant a lot. Yeah, were uh, was Maurice Edu with you too there? Uh, no, Mo was older, so he oh, didn't okay. qualify for the U twenties. But we were together for the Olympic team. Gotcha. Was that was that just cool for like you guys to go both top five? Yeah, it was. Um, we we're we we're close. I mean, we had three guys from California at that point at mm-hmm. the University of Maryland. Um, Robbie had left after our freshman year, Robbie Rogers, and then Mo and I as well. So the three of us kind of um, had a different, not not necessarily lifestyle, but like we we were all kind of submerged into the into Maryland and the East Coast lifestyle together, and, and, mm-hmm. and we learned to um, the ins and outs together. So it was it was nice, and and uh, the three of us were close. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then you got to tell me uh, what was what was your first major league soccer game like. 
<laughs> uh, I can tell you, we played, it was Real Salt Lake at home at their old stadium, Rice Eccles Stadium, uh, the University of Utah, and we played Colorado. Um, first game I ever played, uh, a, a player named Jack Stewart tried to clear a ball, and uh, he actually kicked it backwards, and so I went and I picked it up to kind of just kill it, and uh, they called a back pass, and it was a ridiculous call. Uh, as and I was shocked out of my mind, but they called uh, an indirect free kick inside the 18, and they scored on it in, in their first ever, my first ever goal against. Um, and it was a wake up call that things aren't the same as, as they were elsewhere, and uh, uh, it was it was shocking. But at the same time, uh, I grew from it and, and learned from it. Uh, grew really close to the group of guys at, at Salt Lake, and, and obviously, uh, my last year there, we we won the MLS Cup together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you. I mean, you got it. You won everything, um, and then and then you get you get traded. Uh, what's it What's it just like to get traded? Because I know you got traded a few different times. Yeah. So at that point, I was actually seeking a trade. Um, okay. I was had just gotten done with the Olympics, and I had taken an overage keeper, um, and that crushed me. And so I was looking for playing time, looking to go. And I knew that if I was going to survive in this league, that I needed more minutes. Um, and so I, I was looking to get out of, of Salt Lake at that point, uh, just professionally. And so um, an aspect that isn't necessarily talked a whole lot about, but the generation Adidas tags um, allow players to be on rosters without counting towards a salary cap. And so teams don't really have incentive to allow them to leave or get traded. Because they're a free player, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I actually fought to get my tag removed um, so I could actually cost Salt Lake something so then they wouldn't want to keep me on as, as much as they did when I was free. Um, so I actually had to fight to get my GA tag removed. Um, and MLS listened to my to my case and, and my understanding of, of what was going on. And um, we came to an agreement, and, and it actually helped get me out of there and into Philly. Um, yeah. and get traded so it was one of those things that I've been working on for a while and uh, when it came it was scary but it was it was a good change for me and it was something that I needed yeah that's crazy um, yeah then you go to the Philadelphia Union and then you're the, the full time starter uh, just how how was that season it was probably the biggest learning experience in my life mm-hmm. um, I went from from playing I think nine games the year prior to playing 30 something games that year mm-hmm. and it was for an expansion team guys that had never played together um, guys that not only came from all over the league but came from uh, different countries and, and trying to mesh personalities and, and get on the same page um, was was not easy um, but it was a good group of guys and and we struggled. We had a tough year. We played 12 of our first 15 on the road, which is unheard of um, in any league. And we struggled. Um, I struggled personally uh, in terms of performances, but it was something that I needed. And, and I definitely learned from it and, and grew from it. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I loved my time in Philly. I actually met my wife while I was there. And uh, the group of guys were I was really close with and still close with a lot of them. So uh, it was it was a good, good learning experience, but also great for me professionally um, to get those games under my belt and and deal with adversity and and learn from it. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can 
with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I saw in 2010 you were in the, the re-entry draft and the Sounders selected you and then uh, they traded you to FC Dallas where you spent most of your career. Uh, like, so, I, like I said, going back to the other question, just I know you moved around and just got traded and things like that. Like, what is it, like, was that a different type of trade than, I mean, that was that weird just getting drafted by one team and then traded right, right away? Um, so, it was actually worked out prior to the oh, re-entry okay. draft and I oh, was right. aware of it. Um I wasn't aware of how I was going to get to Dallas. I just knew that I was signing with Dallas. Um, basically, from what I understand, is that uh, a different team was going to pick me up prior to Dallas's opportunity, and so they worked a deal out with Seattle um, to pick me up and trade me instantly uh, that way. I always joke that I that I was a member of the Seattle Sounders, but um, <laughs> it doesn't go very far because I was with them for about five minutes. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was interesting because I thought all along I was staying in Philly and they had told me that they were picking up my, my option. And then on option day, they, they declined it. So it was a bit of a surprise leading up to all that and, and dealing with all that. But, um, it ended up being really good because i I found a home in Dallas and, um, fell in love with that city, that fan base, and obviously found a lot of success there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But the, and then like, how do you, how do you like mentally prepare when, um, maybe you're not playing as much and then sometimes you're playing a lot. Yeah. It's, it's the life of a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, it's not like a forward where there's two on the field or, or a midfielder or a defender and you can kind of move around to, to find minutes. Like I, there's only one guy playing and you don't really switch goalkeepers a whole lot. So, um, it's tough, but it's, it's something where you have to work extremely hard in training and, and be consistent and, show the coaches that if an opportunity does come that you're going to be ready for it. And, um, I've prided myself on doing that throughout my whole career and, and filling in, uh, when needed, but also showing that I can not just do it for one game or five games that I can do it for a whole 34 game season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then tell me, I read something about, um, you donated bone marrow in 2013, I believe. Yeah. So my 2008, when I was with Salt Lake, I had a teammate, named Andy Williams. His wife was diagnosed uh, with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And the league, as well as Salt Lake, put on a um, don- uh, bone marrow drive to create awareness and, and get people involved in in, uh, in the registry. And our whole team did it. And I hadn't thought about it for four years, five years since I had done it. And I got a call randomly one day saying that I could be a potential match for someone. And um, they wanted me to go and get some blood work done to see if I was the best possible match for, for this person in need. And, and we ended up moving forward with it. And we had a, a rough year that year with the team and we weren't making the playoffs. So um, I sat down with our ownership and, and our, our technical staff and uh, was able to tell them about the situation and, uh, and move forward with it. And, and they're very accommodating, which is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um yeah, and then going just uh, – you had a long career with uh, FC Dallas, and then uh, you joined the Houston Dynamo. Uh, what was your experience uh, with Houston like? It was it was great. Um, their goalkeeper coach there, Paul Rogers, is, is one of the best in the league, and I learned a lot from him. I went from uh, one style of goalkeeping in Dallas to a completely different side of, of the coaching spectrum. Um, 
not that Drew and, and Dallas was bad. It's just that they have completely different ideas and philosophies. And mm-hmm. um, I had done a lot with, with Drew for eight years and, and found success that way. And it was good to get tested in, in different standpoints with, with Paul. Paul is a very technical goalkeeper coach and um, kind of slow slow plays everything and, and plays everything back in slow motion to work on uh, distribution of weight as well as your push off, um, your hand technique, your different things that I had never thought about or even worked on um, leading up to that point. And he kind of slowed the game down for me and, and really taught me a lot throughout the, my, my year there. Gotcha. And then now you're on uh, DC United. Um, obviously I know last season was uh, interesting. Like what was it, what was it like to, to be in the bubble and things like that? The bubble was obviously a necessity, right? Like we, we had a, a massive break and layoff in the middle of the season um, where we had to renegotiate a new CBA, uh, get all these different things done. And uh, it was actually really beneficial for me because I had just torn my quad. So it gave me the six weeks that I needed to recover and, and only miss one game total. So mm-hmm. um, from that standpoint, it was timed out perfectly for me um, to get back to healthy and, and able to go again. But it was hard, man. Um, you tune up all off season and prepare for, for a season. You get two games in, and then you take a, a four-month break. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a professional, like, that's really not easy to do. Like, you, yeah. you – your system and your 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 routine is completely thrown off. Um, so it was it was good because I had a lot of family time, but it was difficult mentally in terms of missing the locker room, missing um, all that stuff. I mean, we we would sit and do video sessions on the computer and, and work on tactics and and watch uh, film from our games and other games and break it down and do different things. But you're not getting the same um, release, the same the same exertion and. and uh, that plays a toll on you mentally, and and you have to be um, prepared for that as well as as learn how to deal with that. And and it's not it's it's easy for some people and, and harder for others. And uh, a lot of guys took their time to figure out how to how to go about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, I want to go back to you being an Olympian in two thousand eight. Uh, what did that what did that mean to you to just put uh, the USA jersey on? Yeah, so it was. Like for my family, we sit. We used to sit and just watch the Olympics, every single sport. Mm-hmm. Um, we we idolized it. We we made it truly like a, a special thing, right? And so we would sit there and, and glued to the TV watching gymnastics. Um, we'd wake up early if it's if it was on if it was on the other side of the world, and, and we would try to watch everything live. And our family was really really into it. So um, making the U twenty three national team and and playing such a important role in the qualifying process and, and leading up to qualifiers and, and helping us get there and then being able to walk at opening ceremonies and take part in the Olympics and have my family there was basically the pinnacle for me mm-hmm. um, in terms of sports. Like that was for me the most important um, sporting event I'd ever been a part of. And it was truly special. And I had my family out there. Um, my sister, my, I had a couple cousins even come out and, just being able to take it all in and, and understand and see all these great athletes next to you and walking out with, with, with them. It was truly unifying and, and something special and something that I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are you ready for the five Quincy questions? 
Oh, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, what, what's the most important uh, quality or skill that has helped you become successful as a pro player? Consistency. All right. I like that. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Not working on life outside of soccer. All right. I like that too. <laughs> uh, what's, what's some advice you'd give to a younger player trying to make a, the MLS or a pro league? Be the first one in and the last one out. All right. These next two could be, um, soccer related or, or life related. Um, what's something you think most people is true that you believe isn't? <laughs> um, Quincy and I have had hours of conversation about this at 12 <laughs> o'clock in the hotel room. Um, what is something that most people believe is true, but I don't. Let's get back to that one. All right. Uh, what's something you would move forward with, uh, if you were, if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Um, my wife wants me to become my, not my wife. I enjoy a lot of woodworking stuff and mm-hmm. building. Um, and committing to that is a scary idea to me. That's something that <laughs> would right. be fun to do. All right. Um, are you ready for some fun questions? Yeah. Uh, who, who would you want to do a Jersey exchange with in the MLS? So you haven't done with, and then who would you want to do one with like overseas, like a, like a fantasy one? So, a jersey exchange with someone in the MLS that I have wasn't able to do. Oh man, um, I don't know. I got like all my my best friends in the league already. Oh, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I think one international or one internationally that I would have wanted. Um, I was a big uh, Carlos Guduccini fan. He actually ended up playing for the LA Galaxy at one point. Um, but I think it would have been cool to, oh, I guess that would work when he was at yeah. in LA, it would have been cool to switch jerseys with him. Um, and then I guess I could go Francisco Zola was one of my favorite players growing up. I was a big Chelsea fan growing up. So I'd go with him for international. Gotcha. Do you, do you, um, you give the other players your goalie Jersey? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was like, you guys have, yeah. So how does that, how does that work with the goalie jerseys? Do you get to pick like the colors? We have a say, so like we, if there's not a clash, mm-hmm. we'll have like a primary color that we wear mostly. Um, like Bill has one, I have one, and it's like whatever color we we prefer, as long as it doesn't clash with uh, whoever else's kit we're yeah. playing. Um, but it has to get approved by Major League Soccer. So our equipment manager will say keepers in orange, players in black. Um, and so on. And then the league will either say, no, they need a change or that's, that works. Um, so it's kind of like a three-step process. Gotcha. That's interesting. Um, what do you like, what do you like to do, uh, off the field, like in your free time? So I'm studying for my MBA right now. Um, so that takes up quite a bit of time. I have five kids, uh, which play soccer and do dance. So, um, a lot of time with that. And then, um, I've been helping my wife. She's an interior designer and she just started her own business. So I'm helping her get that off the ground and started to run smoothly. All right. Yeah. You got your hands full. Yeah. Um, and then what about, uh, what's your goals like after soccer? Uh, our goals after soccer are, um, to find a job where I'll have weekends, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be able to enjoy my family, um, in terms of like go to the older soccer games and, 
I've for 15 years I, I haven't had weekends so mm-hmm. it'd be nice to to be able to have that um and and allow my kids and my wife to become um just to become like a, a true member of, of the family in that essence not where every friday night i have to um go to bed early and, and focus on and, and study for for my match the next day you know and yeah. not have to worry about that stuff but um I'm working on my MBA now, so hopefully I can uh, either get into a front office at some point or uh, into the corporate world and, and, and make a run at it that way. Gotcha. Well, this was awesome, Chris. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, uh, I got Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, those are probably my main three. Uh, sites you one for Instagram, Twitter. Hey, you're, uh, you're, the, you're the first guy to say LinkedIn, so you're about your business. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not very active on there. I'm, I'm more just about the connections and, yeah. and working on it, so I'm, I'm growing in it. Yeah, definitely. All right, again, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this season. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash radio. That's PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.